Listening Dog Media. The Pod Play. Jesus, am I glad to get off that. Hell is over people. What a nightmare of a woman. I heard her before I saw her. Get here now. Thought she was shouting at me at first. I didn't see the little girl in a yellow dress standing at the train door. I was too busy trying to lug my bloody case on. The woman was leaning sideways out of her seat and yelling down the carriage aisle at the girl. She was a beautiful little thing. About six, bright ginger hair that looked on fire with big, curious eyes. Mesmerised by the people getting on and off. She had a sausage roll and a soggy Greg's wrapper in her hand. Most of it was all over her face. Someone will pinch you, the woman shouted again. Don't think I'm coming looking for you if someone takes you. Pretended I didn't hear and I walked down the carriage looking for a seat. I had no choice. The only spare one was across the aisle from Rent-A-Go. I sat down and instantly she started talking to me. I hope some bugger does take her, she said. I can keep the little sod. I shuffled up to the window seat as far away from her as I could. Didn't seem to bother that I didn't reply. She took a long swig from a can of Stella and lager dribbled down her chin. I was going to give her a tissue, but she wiped it away with a sleeve. I think she expected me to laugh when she belched, but I didn't. The train started to move, so the girl ran back to her seat only to get a slap across the back of her head. Little shit. The woman pointed a finger in the girl's face. Do as you told in future. I pulled down the sticky tray on the back of the seat in front of me and put my handbag on it. Waited a while and then got out one of those small bottles of wine, the ones they sell next to the sandwiches in M&S. I did my best to do it quietly, one click at a time. The noise of the screw top made the woman flick her eyes in my direction. <laughs> Probably one of her favourite sounds. Ah, uh, she said with a smart-ass tone in her voice. A bit of lunchtime monkey boozing, is it, love? Sorry. What? I don't know why I was trying to sound posh. Monkey boozing, you know, drinking on your own. <laughs> Monkey boozing. Do it all the time, me. She said, all proud in that. I bet you do. I wanted to say. I think she was Welsh. I turned away from her and looked out the window. The view changed quickly from the streets to factories to fields. I got lost in it. Must have been another five minutes before I pulled the plastic glass out of its plastic wrapper. Drink responsibly, the label on the bottle said. I poured a little and could feel the woman watching me. I half smiled at her. We're about the same age. The little girl was drawing the woman's Take a Break magazine. She was blacking out every other tooth on the model's face. <laughs> she must have been trying to make her look like a man. I drank the first glass in one poured another and held the bottle mid-air until every drop had fallen. The scenery flashed past the window and I wasn't paying much notice until suddenly it was me staring back at me. Tunnels turn train windows into black mirrors, don't they? It's a shock to see yourself when you're not expecting to. You learn how to look into a mirror, don't you? We all have a face we pull when we look into one. I sighed out loud. It suddenly made me realise exactly what it was that made me look bad in photos. My bloody face. I just looked old. I looked 50. Christ, I'm 32. Look at the state of that. 
and a burst of daylight made the mirror disappear as quickly as it appeared. The little girl opposite was standing on the seat laughing and screaming at the excitement of the train going dark for a bit. The woman grabbed her. Just bloody shut it and sit down! She turned to me whilst wrestling with the girl. You don't want to do ya? You can have her for a fiver if you bloody like. I said nothing and just looked at that perfect, beautiful little girl. I'm dropping her off at her dad's, she said. That bastard can bloody put up with her for a week, see how he likes it. I nodded, hoping she would just shut up. Off on holiday, love, she said, looking at my suitcase. No. I am, she squealed. Off to Lanza Grotti tomorrow, I am. I can't bloody wait. I could practically hear my eyes rolling upwards. I'm going to get under as many Spanish waiters as I can. Oh, I can feel them firm, young ass cheeks already. She opened another can. I grabbed my handbag and was just getting up when the woman on the tannoy announced, the buffet in coach seat is now open. Well, this is a new eye. You're one classy woman, Louise. No one can deny that. Bloody hell, it stinks in here. Why can't men just piss in the bowl and not all over the floor? I didn't bother with a glass and drank the first bottle in one. Well, they're only small. Instantly, it was the best I'd felt all day. I don't care what anyone says, that numbness alcohol brings is the best antidote to life there is. I was lost for a blissful second. And then some bastard banged on the door. I had two bottles of wine left. I stuck one in my handbag and left one in the brown paper bag. I hadn't been, but I flushed the toilet anyway. Turned on the tap for two seconds and left. Checking toilet roll wasn't stuck to my soles and my shoes. By the time I got back to my seat, the woman and her daughter were asleep. Thank God. Some sort of peace at last. I emptied another mini bottle into the plastic cup and looked at that little girl sleeping. The sleep only the innocent can sleep. She didn't have a chance. What's the best she could hope for with a woman like that as a mother? <laughs> it's all right now, I thought, but when she gets older, she'll start to work things out. What's really going on? She'll realise her mum isn't acting silly every afternoon, she's just pissed. And that funny smelly man isn't really a new dad. And mummy isn't always just play fighting with him. She'll probably be pregnant herself by the time she's 17. Whole pointless cycle will just go on and on. I could have loved that girl. I should have loved that girl. I would have given that girl a different life. Half past one. They'll have seen it by now. Half day. Might play snooker down the club every Friday afternoon. Always has done all the time we've been married. He won't today. I left it on the kitchen table for him the letter. It'd been the first thing you'll see when he got home. <laughs> We're godparents to eight kids now, Mike and me. Bloody eight. Mike's a Catholic, you know what they're like. Pope only has to run his hands over his rosary beads and someone in his family gets pregnant. Nearly all our mates have banged out kids as well now. Mike loves being around children. Brilliant with him he is. When we first got married, Mike's brother came round one Sunday with his two boys, Alfie and Jack. First summer in our new house. 
They set up football goals in the back garden and the four of them played out there all afternoon. It's dead sunny. I remember watching Mike from the kitchen chasing the youngest Alfie round and round in a circle and pretending he couldn't catch him. The pair of them were laughing so hard. They, they fell over and just lay in the grass nearly wetting themselves. I can still see it so clearly. If I could pick one moment from my life to be permanently stuck in it, it'd be that one. It was nothing really, but at the same time, it was everything. Mike and me weren't that bothered about kids when we first got married, but about three years ago, we decided I was going to come off the pill, so I, I did. We weren't trying for a baby, you know, going home and having a shag at the right time every day, but we weren't not trying, if you know what I mean. In fact, there was one holiday in Barcelona and we really went for it. I was certain I was pregnant by the time we left. Didn't even have a gin on the plane home. I really couldn't see how I could not be pregnant. That was two years ago. About six months ago, Mike mentioned it for the first time. We were near the fish fingers in Tesco when he came out of it. Why do you think you've not got pregnant? I tried to laugh it off and said, it'll happen when the time's right. Then I said, if you're that worried, I'll help you provide a sample when we get home and we'll get you tested. Bugger off, he said. Now wrong with me. Blokes in our family only have to take the trouser belt off and women five miles away get pregnant. <laughs> you're gently drifting into the menopause. That's what Dr. Ansari said to me at the hospital. I couldn't speak. It didn't make any sense. I heard the word menopause, but gently drifting. What the hell did that mean? It wouldn't register what he was trying to say. If I'm gently drifting into something, can we just turn around and not bloody drift gently or otherwise into anything? Thank you very much. Does it mean... I'm going through the menopause, is that it? That can't be right, I'm only 32. He just sat there, sad, smiling at me. A nurse came over and put her arm around me. I kept asking him, what do you mean? What does this mean? The menopause, he said. It can happen to any woman at any age. Yeah, but I'm bloody 32, I screamed back at him. At any age, he said. Does that mean I can't have children? He just looked at me. I looked at the nurse and she looked at the floor. I could feel the tears on my cheeks. I don't remember leaving the hospital or getting home. I made Mike's tea when he came in at half past six. We have steak every Thursday, but I forgot to get his peppercorn sauce from the co-op and he said I'd spoiled the one thing he'd been bloody looking forward to all day. Told him I had a headache and I went to bed. He got another beer and sat on the Satini's boxes. The football was on. I didn't sleep at all. Mike came to bed at about 11-ish, got up at six as usual and was out the door by half past. Got the suitcase off the top of the wardrobe and packed. Not everything, but enough. I stared for an hour at the sheet of A4 had taken out the printer. I didn't know what the hell to say. 
I like to tell him how much I loved him, how certain I was I'd never love anyone as much as him. I knew he wouldn't believe it, why should he? He'd think there's someone else. I was going to tell him how I wanted him to become the man and father I knew he could be. And I didn't want to get in the way. How the hell do you explain that? I know writing a letter is cowardly, but I was certain it was the right thing to do. If I told him to his face, the first, first thing he'd do was he'd tell me it didn't matter as long as I was all right. When I spelt it out to him exactly what it meant, he'd lie and say, he never wanted kids anyway. He'd hold me and we'd cry uncontrollably. We'd probably slump to the kitchen floor and have the first of a thousand teary heart-to-heart talks. He'd say, you'll never want it mean, it doesn't matter. Mama, it's that great, that's exactly what he would do. Then we'd go on for God knows how many years, putting on a brave face, pretending we're having this great child-free life. But after time, it would wear us down. You'd have to. It would be a weight too heavy for us to carry. I didn't want to put him through that. I knew it would hurt him beyond everything, but I had to do it. I didn't want that to be his life. I don't have a choice. He still does. I told myself that after time he'll realise I'm not coming back and move on. The hurt will ease. He'll meet someone else and he'll be the dad he wants to be. Maybe I'm not thinking straight. Maybe it is the menopause making me irrational like, like they say it does. But I'd never been more certain of anything in my life. I wanted to say all of that. How could I find the words to write? I got a cloth, wiped my tears off the paper and I picked up the pen. Dear Michael, my Michael, love is letting someone go. Please be happy. Louise. Right. Airport train is due in eight minutes. It's two o'clock, so that makes it midnight in Adelaide. I duly hope you're asleep. The hell am I going to say to her? (laughs) She's my sister. I don't have to say anything. I just need to be anywhere but here. Julie? Julia, I'm sorry it's late. It's Louise. The Pod Play.